Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my co-host, brother from another mother, Corey B. MTG. What is up, bro? What up? What up, bro? You know how I'm doing. We got our format back. Standard is fun again, so of course I'm doing great. It has been enjoyable to play Magic in a fun and exciting way. I also yes. have added removal to my decks. Now, spoilers, <laughs> we're going to get into this, but one of my decks has a single piece of removal. Oh, my God. Wow. Actually, that, that's not true. Casualties of War is a removal spell. Okay, it has more. But yeah. more more to come on that, and that is right. We're going to be talking about Standard all episode long. Um, but before we get into that, we do need to introduce this week's special guest. And since Wizards has banned all the new cards that everyone's been playing with, we can finally bring back Brian Brown Duan, who is now the leading expert on the format. Makes sense. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I just want to say that it's uh, honestly it's real generous of Watsi to ban every single card that people have been playing with <laughs> enough to where now I'm actually in the loop again for yeah. now. But yeah, Brian, for I do now, have yes. some bad news, though. I, I still they banned so many good cards, but Hero and Precinct 1 is still unplayable. Well, they yeah. I mean, of course, they had to ban the deck. They, yeah, they course, banned a fairy. It was like, too good. Yeah, they knew it was getting out of control, so they had to ban a card from the deck. That's why they banned Teferi, actually. Esper Hero was cited as a reason. Um, so, yeah, it all makes sense, you know. They Now, before we get into new standard, we got to go jump back just real quick to old standard to uh, congratulate some previous winners. Uh, so this past weekend was the conclusion of the Player Store Final, where uh, Christoph Prince, is it, you, you probably said the name more times than I have. Christoph right? Prince, yep. Yep, Christoph Prince uh, won the entire Player's Tour Finals with Four, four Color Rex, started day one, that happened, oh man, like two weeks <laughs> ago at this point, uh, at 7-0, kept up the momentum, got into top eight, and won the double, double elimination top eight bracket with Four Color Rex, so congratulations to him. Uh, and then this past weekend, there was a few things. Gen Con 2020 happened. There's a lot of uh, Arena and Magic Online events, and one of them that happened on MTG Melee was won by Jim Davis himself with Woo. Marty Wynota, uh earning. Oh, that reminds me. I, 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 I got some prize tickets I got to figure out what to do with. Um, oh, from Gen Con? Yeah, I think I have nice. until to figure it out, but I have no idea what to do. Man, um, I haven't had to worry about prize tickets in so long. Just yeah, actually gonna, going to an event where I got to spend those before I go home—that was I miss it. I miss it. Oh, I must I'm gonna say. get like, yeah, I got some tickets. I'm gonna get some packs, and I'm gonna open up new packs that I have never seen before. Um, oh, yeah. Even though this, I played with the sets for months now. Um, <laughs> yeah, not too last, much drafting uh, these days, unlike what we normally do. That's for sure. Yeah, and last but especially least, the SG <laughs> yeah. Online Championship Qualifier number one was won by Ely Cassis <laughs> with uh, Teamer uh, Reclamation. Boo, Reclamation. <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. was the last big tournament won by the strategy. Uh, Ely uh, did very well in that tournament, uh, and um, it, was, it was fun to watch. Team BCW representing. It's about time somebody else on my team top eight in one of these SCG online events. It was, you know, Look, I, I, my back was really hurting so far. So I thanks, like, Ely, for lightening the load. I like I mean, being wholesome on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't want to get into into the dirt and, and throwing any mud or anything, but 
is there any other team anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like BCW stands alone. Um, <laughs> well, we do, but I'm still saying I was standing alone on BCW for a while, so yeah. I'm glad we got uh, the teammates going again. I mean, Dude, my my back's been hurting a lot lately too, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Yours this is, is just from, old age, Brian. Yeah, and <laughs> sleeping wrong and a bunch of other stuff too. Ooh, but. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was gonna Brian. say about the uh, that PT Finals decklist, the four color wreck. Yeah, I was planning on doing like they Wizards actually ruined my plans completely, which okay. I'm still mad about when they banned Wilderness Reclamation, but. Uh, my plan was to, I was going to start a new series on Twitter where I posted a daily deck of the day and it was just going to be Christoph Prince's four color rack deck every day for like <laughs> 15 days straight. Just deck of the day. Because <laughs> wow. it's just always still the best deck. But uh, they ruined that, so. Yeah, I remember. Damn, how just, dare know. they? We better, we better contact Wizards and get them to retract that so you can do that horrible joke. Do they not know, like, what I have in, in the works? Like, seriously, do they not? I, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. Well, first, before you even suggested that, we were talking, and I was starting to post decklists, you know, uh, decks of the day, and now just tournament results from the Melee account. And you were saying that's a good idea here. And it's like, no, like the 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 ultimate goal is to get more people to follow an account. Right. And so if you just keep posting the same deck list, that's not going to get them to follow. And Brian's like, I can get people to unfollow me. Great. (laughs) It's like, finally, I can get people to unfollow me without doing something really bad. Yeah, You could even schedule them all for like you could you could. You bang out all this work in like an hour. Just, yeah. just schedule a bunch of tweets and you're done. <laughs> hey, I'd retweet that a few times. I, I think that's some good quality humor. Oh, yeah. that is some great quality humor. But what about yeah. when it stretches on long past the point where it's funny, Corey? Like when the cards are actually rotated, I think it then gets funnier. So, yeah, but I also have a horrible sense of humor. Uh, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy beating a joke until it is absolutely dead. So I'm probably in the mon- minority on that one. Uh, well, you're not because that's all we do here on the Bachelors podcast and we still have listeners. Finally, uh, I have a home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's actually move into our, our main topic. Now, yes. today we're going to be talking about New Standard. And why by New Standard, we're just going to briefly discuss there were a lot of bands um, on Monday, and it wasn't uh, the usual announcement of an announcement where we just get this lame dunk form, lame duck format. A lame dunk is is anything that comes from from LeBron. Yeah, Brad. I don't think uh, many. LeBron I don't think, is. I'm kidding. <laughs> Brad, I don't think many new bands have uh, been coming out on Monday with COVID. You can't really play live events, so I haven't I haven't seen too many new bands popping up at at you know this current time. So, so you're trying to make a band joke. Uh, yes, yes, I was. Okay, yeah. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> All right, let's, so, get the, let's get these bands back together. All right. Yeah, let's, let's get bring these the bands, bands back, back together. together. <laughs> so so we're only going to be discussing now. Now, there were also other formats that got affected, but we're going to stick to standard and keep our topic 
on the format that we've both been uh well all yeah the, we've both been playing a lot and that is uh, there's three of us bradley yeah, yeah who are you are both, the, the both of us that have been playing with this new do you have an format. alter ego or something brad are you talking to yourself or i am mostly saying i it would be a lie if i said all three of us have been playing that's true that's true yeah and and you don't know and, what i've been doing i could have been grinding this format for days now uh, no, I Where do you? know what you've been doing. You've been grinding bugs for days now. <laughs> you've been grinding bugs? Yes, I okay. have been. Okay, I won't ask. All right. <laughs> and so, I won't tell. <laughs> so, anyway, the new bands. Uh, everyone should probably know this already. Wilderness Reclamation, Teferi Time Raveler, Growth Spiral, and Cauldron Familiar all got the boot out of standard. Cauldron Familiar was the one that kind of came out of left field, but a lot of people said if you ban all these other cards, then the sacrifice decks would be too overpowered. So they're like, yeah, we'll get rid of that too. And honestly, the, the reactions have been great. Most people are happy. I've been revitalized a lot of other people, I think. Uh, anyone yeah. that has been complaining, I have just been muting because I don't know what's right, but I'm happy right now, and I'm going to take small victories in 2020. Same, uh, same. <laughs> I have been loving it. You know, and people are going to complain about something every time, but people have been also complaining a ton about Wilderness wilderness reclamation getting banned and being able to play stuff so yeah i think it's just outrageous that people are complaining now it's just go out and play have some fun but but i, well, but I oh go for it brian i was gonna say that's just the nature of of social media because people who are happy with something just don't say anything a lot that's of times and people yeah. people who are upset with something complain so anytime any change gets made even if 90 percent of people are happy with it you're just going to hear the 10 percent of people whining about it and then a lot, a lot of times when it's the same, when there's just certain people that will just whine about everything and then you just see them always on every topic. Well, whining, I mean, but, I'm yeah. going to jump over into that 10% because it has been two days since the ban and they have done nothing about team or adventures. Nothing. Not a thing. They're just yeah. ignoring this deck. Innkeepers like, just running around willy nilly. You know, it's it absurd. Is, it is dominating tournaments. And we need to know. Okay. All right. So <laughs> on Monday, I was very, very proud. I was either very proud of the community or, uh, or realizing that I have been losing um, some steam and some ability because uh, an hour, I mean, this is this is the wild thing about um, MTG Melee and uh, like the bans happened mid one of the tournaments. Somebody <laughs> yeah, actually, actually going into round four of a four round tournament clicked, clicked challenge and arena's like your deck's banned. <laughs> Mid tournament. Everybody's nightmare that you have, you wake up and be like, Oh no, I played a band card or I submitted too many cards in my deck. Just mid tournaments getting it taken care of is hilarious. You say a nightmare. This is like my, this is my dream world here. Well, and, yeah. now, and now that brings us back. And now what's scariest is this brings us back. How far do I have to go to find where this was at? I know I tweeted it. Um, you talking about Pat Cox's tweet? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, I know I have it in here. I'm looking on Twitter right now. I'm trying to make this as smooth as possible. Um, it's always smooth when we start looking through a Twitter account to find a point. <laughs> Mid-podcast. Yeah, that's always going to be smooth, Brad. Yeah. That's always going to be smooth. <laughs> Here it is. So, so this Twitter thread happened on December 16th of 2019. Alexander Haidt said, the year is 2020. We've managed to win the first three rounds of a tournament before getting a card in your deck band, a new record. You normally carry 12 decks with you to each tournament. Round four of... Your cyborg gets banned just as you finish game one. You love the uncertainty. 
And Seth just said the silver lining tournament still exists in 2020. Now, the kicker of all of this is what Pat Cox responded with. Twist, the tournament is on arena. You haven't seen your friends in two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, that really hits home. It does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrifying, actually. Um, but yeah, so so but then after that, there was a Mythic Society four-round standard tournament and a bunch of the other standard challenges uh, for Star City Games. And we saw out of the gates, like an hour after the bans, uh, a tournament on, on MTG Melee, about 20 people, and eight of them were playing Team Adventures, the most played deck by far. And that was the first deck that I was going to explore as well. So I, that's where I was saying, I was like, either I'm very proud of everyone else coming to the same conclusions or I am losing my game. <laughs> um, but it just seems like a natural conclusion that that deck was was kind of shut down by Wilderness Reclamation strategies and also Sacrifice strategies. They were both bad matchups for Teamer Adventures. So uh, now that those are gone and um, this, this was the first deck that we saw really pop up. And then there's people that ported over the monocolored aggressive decks and the Mardu Winota decks. I think all of them have been performing worse, some worse than others, but all kind of bad. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to make one point about that. I, I, I saw this happen all the time with these first um, couple tournaments is like people would just play mono black uh, like uh, Riku Kumagai uh, played and took second with that. The players to her finals. And that deck was heavily metagame to specifically beat all these wilderness reclamation decks. So you can't just put that in there and expect that to do just as good. You know, there's a lot of cards that, you know, are not necessarily great against what we're going to be seeing. It was good for that tournament for for that kind of deck and stuff like that. So I think people are just falling into those same molds when you really do got to, you know, experiment a little bit. Like Mardu Wynota, that deck can't change too much. You know, you you got to keep it uh, pretty much the same there. But like Mono Black, Mono Green, they've definitely been metagame for Reclamation matchups. Yeah, and we're talking like an hour or two, before, you know, yeah, after, the, yeah. after after the bands. Literally an hour or two. Like, there were multiple tournaments on the day from, from MTG Melee to look at, which is like really awesome. And that's where a lot of the data and organized for this episode came from and was a jumping off point for a lot of uh, my own explorations. But so um, let's let's just stop and sit on Teamer Adventures for a second because I actually was playing with this deck quite a lot um, on Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the interesting things is um, the flux slots. Now, for anyone that hasn't played much with Team Adventures, uh, the deck has 27 lands that's not argued with anymore. People just say that's the right number. And, they, and then the deck plays 28 creatures, uh, including Lucky Clover, uh, that are just not argued about. And then that leaves the deck with five slots. Now, most people... Brian, would you like to start arguing about those numbers at all? Or? <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll quit so, interrupting. <laughs> so, so then there's like two or three slots to escape the wilds, and then there's just a, a smattering of different options that people have been playing with. Aethergust, Nissa... Rada, Adventures Impulse, and Uro. And while I was playing with this deck, I just wanted to get some information out to uh, the fans and people that are playing this deck. I think it is a big mistake um, to play anything like Rada's Adventures Impulses and Uro's. I even saw Wilt too. Um, I, I forgot to add that to the list. Mm -hmm. But I, I have been finding that Nissa has been overperforming in this deck. I have one, and every time I draw it, it's been great. And then sometimes I'll sideboard it out. And I will actually wish for Nissa plus a land, <laughs> you know, yep. and and I'll win with that Nissa that I searched for that I've just removed from my deck. Um, now, when I when I say wish, I mean cast granted. Um, 
But the Aether Gusts have just been awesome for me because, like, there's so many decks right now that it hits, and it hits their big spells, right? In the mirror, it's going to hit the Escape the Wilds, and slowing them down a turn like that is huge, and it's going to hit opposing Nissa's Casualties of Wars. Um, A lot of these things, these tempo plays can really add up for a deck uh, that is trying to find time to actually wish for some cards to lock up a game. And so um, I say for anyone that is playing Adventures right now, um, play try Aethergust and Nissa's in the stack uh, in those flux slots and ignore all of the other stuff. I don't think that the consistency of Adventures Impulse is worth the power loss. And, and I've just been really liking those cards. Um, and then for the sideboard, a lot of people are removing the, the once in future, which I actually agree with. Um, one card I'm playing with that others aren't is Soul Seer because every once in a while I just like it to kill a Planeswalker or a Kenrith mm. uh, when I don't have enough stuff. I've been liking my Soul Seer. Yeah, but- I've been loving Soul Seer. I played a ton last week, and I know that is a different format uh, because it was in a Reclamation deck, but there's so many off-the-wall aggro decks that are popping up where, you know, having all Aether Gusts to deal with... Uh, creatures or having Scorching Dragon Fires. It's not really good enough because there's a lot of X4s. There's Wynotas, Kenris, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. So I've been really loving as close to unconditional removal as you can get in the standard format. And Soul Seer is pretty dang close. I mean, it doesn't kill Uro, and that's probably the biggest thing. And I guess it doesn't kill Nissa after it untaps, but it, that's about as close as you're getting right now. But yeah, th- that's not as important for a deck like this. Um, but like the Soul Seer is going to kill a Wynota when they have um, their protections up, right? Because the, the thing about Wynota is that the uh, General's Lieutenant and Selfless Savior both give it indestructible, which this creates a loss of it. So that's been a benefit. And then the other thing I highly suggest is a land. Now, I've been playing a Blast Zone, but I saw Marcio Cavallo this morning playing a Fable Passage, which is also interesting, mm-hmm. um, especially if you just need a specific color. Uh, and the value of the Blast Zone has not been big. Like, I have not actually ever activated it. It's just been a colorless land. Yeah, I think Fable so, Passage is a lot better. Uh, I don't know if it's a lot better because there could be some situations where a Blast Zone could be great. But, um, but yeah, the, the, I think having uh, one of your cards be a land right now is very important. And the the once in future, I never tutored for once, and I found it to be too slow for this format. Now, it's but you a might card. tutor for it in the future. I might, yes, I might once. I was waiting for you to hit that one out of the park, BBD. I've been like queuing up like five jokes. I just haven't had a chance to throw them in. I had to get at least that one in. So Once like a Bant Ramp or some control, some blue base control deck, if those ever pop pop back up in the next month, I could see that coming back in the future. So um, that's my Maybe once, but not twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in Teamer Adventures, now let's talk about like where this deck is going to shine real quick. So, a Teamer Adventures deck is going to be good against the linear aggressive decks like mono green, mono black, mono red. Um, it's it's also good against like band strategies, but those are kind of gone. And so that's that that you don't have to worry about. Is it, it really good against like mono red? I would think that it would be a little too fast for the deck. I did. I have spoiler alert. I do not play uh, much team or adventures and I have not even played it back in the day. And I think it's mostly because I had such a disdain for the deck because I was playing Azorius Control and just having the time of my life. And then Teamer Adventures comes along to just say, oh, I can't win this matchup. That's not fair. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like Red would destroy Teamer Adventures, but maybe I'm wrong on that. 
No, like you have, so you have like a, you can just play a one four on turn two as like, you know, and then you have, you have a five, five and you have bone crushers and brazens. Uh, and then you also have like aether gusts. Um, the, the big game plan is what you can mono red wants you to draw, right? It wants, it wants a team adventures deck to draw escape of the wilds and all of their, yeah their, uh, What's the uh, Beanstalk Giants? Like, those are the cards. But those are the cards that you kind of trim on. And as long as you have enough removal spells, like, most of the time, the plans that I see people have is they keep, like, one or two of their anti-red, like, finishers in the sideboard. <laughs> so, like, their Shadow Spear. Yeah. But they'll, they'll bring in, like, their Red Cat Melee, their Unsummon if they want to. Any extra Aether Gusts, their Storm's Wrath. Yeah. Uh, whatever you have, your your scorching dragonfire or your or your uh, soul seer, whatever people have for those, uh, they yeah. might even bring the return to nature in because it hits annex and and embercleave. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense because I mean, especially even like the reclamation decks, we're just sideboarding lovestruck beast and bone crusher as ways to deal with red, and when you just have those in the main already, four x stock, that that does make sense. Yeah, and, and I remember Mono Red was a deck when I played, well, Brian and both Brian and I played it in the metagame challenge. Wow, that was so long ago. <laughs> um, and we both got our 10 wins, and I played Mono Red and Gruel multiple times. And um, it, it's, it's Same, I, it, I didn't think it was a very hard matchup, but... Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But so, and but, uh, but one of the big ones, I think, is that it has a very favorable Flash matchup. Now, Flash is the kind of deck that, like, even though it loses Grow Spiral, it it sh it's theoretically should have a chance to come into this format and shine because Team of Re Reclamation and any Bant or Teferi style strategy were just very good against it. Yeah. Um, and but now if if like Shark Typhoons are less played and Teferis can't be played, um, this deck has a chance of doing some really cool things. Um, and I've seen some Flash decks doing well here and there, but one of and the- are you specifically saying uh, Simic Flash? Or are you talking the Is It Flash decks or what, what kind of Flash strategies? So I think they're all kind of the same. They play very similarly. Now, um, we're, we're, we're still in week one. So um, that's a, that is a very good question though. We're still in week one. So I can't really tell you what's the best fix, right? Because. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, like at Mythic Championship 7, um, the big known entity was Is It because it had the whatever the Gladwick is that is that the name? Gadwick. Gadwickington. Well, I was glad to see Gadwick uh, because we were playing uh, Simic, and then once Simic came out with Nissa, it came a lot more powerful. Now, I don't know how much Grow Spiral is going to influence the deck's playability, and people can react to it, Mystical Disputes, hyper-aggressive decks, but Team Adventures was always a deck that kind of was very scary to play against because you can't, once the, 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 the cheap cards are the ones that generate the value, and the cheap cards generating value aren't beating, you're not going to beat them with just counter spells. And yeah. so, and what I mean is Edgewall Innkeeper and Lucky Clover both create a value even if you interact with the card that is on the stack in a one-for-one -one manner. Yeah, it seems like if you were on the draw against that deck, and I think I actually remember talking to you, bro, you were, you were because that deck was just popping up right before that tournament. So I remember mm -hmm. you guys were a little worried that it was going to be in high numbers. And then I think I remember like one person played it or something. Or zero. But, yeah, or zero, but it just if you're on the draw and they go innkeeper into Lucky Clover, I just do not see a world where you would win with the band with the Simic deck, did. you know. Seth did. Um, yeah, I, I watched him win a game like that, but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, that that's rough. But that's another boon for Teamer Adventures. Now, all right, and then we had another uh, challenge or two, and Soltai just dominated. It was the most played deck, and it, it kind of 
just showed up out of nowhere. And I, you know, I asked the internet, like, how is this matchup, Team or Adventures versus Soltai ramp? And they kind of seemed unanimous that Soltai is the predator of Team or Adventures. And now I haven't played it yet on from either side, but uh, that that's very interesting to me. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me as well because you would think Thought Erasure and stuff like that against the Adventure deck where they have so many cards in a zone where you can't Thought Erasure them or Extinction Event doesn't really matter that much because they don't really kill you with the creatures. That doesn't seem right to me personally. This this seems like a matchup that Teamer Adventures would actually prey on. But Yeah, I mean, even, even with Thought Erasure too, some of their best cards they can even get down before that card lands. So it's yeah. not, you know, like... Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat too. I, I would think that Team or Adventure would be favored here, um, and and maybe it's just the power of uh, the cards in the stack because the stack is just so powerful that maybe it's just yeah. enough to to brute force through. I mean, one thing I will say about the Soltai deck in comparison to the Bant deck, uh, I I do think Soltai is a much better choice now. You know, Teferi was kind of holding up Bant. ECD is cool and everything like that, but I think Black Removal as well as Hand Disruption got a really big gain uh, after the banning. So it makes sense Soltai is doing well. Yeah, like... So, so my my assumption is that it's the powerful, proactive um, engine cards that that will dominate the team adventures matchup. That's what I that's what I, what I have to assume. Like your says, mm-hmm. your crises, and then your your extinction events hit odd. Right, that's going to take care of most of the creatures in play, and it's going to save yours from from dying because your your crises have have even, and so do your nissas. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. And then maybe some hand disruption can help here or there. But when when I was hearing this and I was looking at these deck lists, they have some casualties, but not wilts. And I still just have to see it. I have to see these matches play out. And also, I do think like like I think watching good players play team or adventures makes it look like a different deck. And mm. so maybe there's something there about sequencing. Who knows? I just have to, to see before I believe it. But same. But that this is a this is a you know a deck that does make sense that it's going to be doing well. Now there's a few variations on Soltay Ramp. No one's you know there's no consensus best version of it yet. But it makes sense why it would be good because it's got powerful mythics. It has Uro. It has removal spells. You get Cultivate now, which is a great card. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You said it's got powerful mythics and it has Uro. Are you saying Uro is not a powerful mythic? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, <laughs> or is or is Uro in its own tier above Mythics? Because that probably makes sense. All right. It has this <laughs> list that I'm looking at and all the lists that we are discussing. The, the year is 2024. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast just printed its first Super Mythic. And um, it's just yeah. Uro being reprinted. It's Uro, <laughs> Titan of Nature's Wrath. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking at a specific list right now. And for anyone following along that is part of the Patreon, you can uh, see these in the Discord. I'll be uh, dumping every deck that we discuss uh, today. I should have said that earlier. Oh, is this also the Soul be, list that you're hyped on? Also be dumping in the Discord too. Whoa, yes. whoa, Brian! Once again, that's the Aspros podcast, man. That is the next day. You gotta stop this crossover stuff, man. We hey. we are not sponsored with them. Trying to get the hype going. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do. I do have a, a version um, that I am interested in now. Anyone that looks on online can can look at these decks. Go to MTG Melee and go look at any Sultai deck. They, they, they might have some differences, but they also have some similarities. One of them, I, I, I'm gonna get on my soapbox and I'm gonna scream at my clouds as, as the old man. 
Why aren't you playing Ford Nissa and Ford Crisis? Like it's not 2019 or 2018. Like all the decks I played these cards, like you played four of them. It, it like it makes no sense to me that we're like now. Of course, Bant didn't right because Bant like the Nissas and the Crisis weren't even that good. But we're, yeah. we're, we're like Team Rexcon. Why wouldn't you start with four of each of these cards? Like, I, it blows my mind why people aren't starting with four four of each of these cards, right? Like, yeah, this list looks clean, I must say, Brad. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. This looks so much better than the two Crazes, two Nissa kind of lists like that. It, it just, yeah, it doesn't add up. Ours. I don't get it either, to be honest. <laughs> I do have one issue with what you said, though, Brad. And what is that? Why are you yelling at clouds and not the kids in your yard? Like, well, because priorities. they're already out of my yard. <laughs> okay. They're, they're, like, but, but yeah, so like, I, I'm taking a different approach with Soltai. And uh, I, I think that there are two approaches you can take with uh, these decks. I think you play Thought Erasure or you play Arboreal Grazer. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're supposed to play Arboreal Grazer, but I want to test a theory that I have, and that's part of this deck list that I'm gonna to get to, is trying to make a list with Arboreal Grazer gut, because that's the only way you can get a turn three Nissa in standard is by by using that card. Yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. Uh, Gilded that makes Goose. Sense. No, that's, uh, yeah, I guess with Paradise Druid or whatever, yeah. Oh, get wrecked. Right the hardest, yes. But, um, <laughs> but obviously, like, Arboreal Grazer is bad if you draw it later. Um, and so so the list that I'm I'm experimenting with, this was uh, a, a actually the initial idea came from Javier Dominguez when we were testing for the Players Tour Final before we just conceded. Like, this was right when M21 came out and we talked a little bit. And before we just conceded to play a Reclamation deck, uh, we talked about the new M21 cards, Joel Riel, uh, Lanawar Visionary and Teferi Master of Time and how like Teferi Master of Time might actually make uh, Arboreal Grazer a better card. Same with Lanawar Visionary. Like if you go Arboreal Grazer into a, a Lanawar Visionary, you get some of that that cost back, right? And mm. and the same thing with Teferi, you can loot away Grazers later in the game. And then now both of those cards work really well with Joel Riel for, for a curve. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my my list is working with these numbers, and again, this deck list will be in the the Discord for anyone that wants to see it. But um, I, I've been actually kind of smashing. Currently, right now, I'm I'm uh, twelve and no, ten ten and three with the deck, uh, and I've I've just and that's only been because I keep I have a. Uh, I have untapped GG on one of my computers and not the other one. So oh, I just, I'm using that. That is confirmed data. You, you, need, to lose your, you need to lose your next match, Brad. Uh, roger that. Yeah, that's a big 10-4. Uh, um, I got to say that my favorite part of, uh, of your deck, Brad, is the name. I think you knocked it out of the part with the deck name. It's imported oh, yeah. deck 51. Yeah. Uh, real big... I, I, don't know where you came up with that idea, oh, I but know, it's Brian, brilliant. I know, I know. It's because this deck is out of this world, so Area 51, yep. 51, yep. let's go. Conspiracy theories. I, I'm 100% in your camp on this, though. Like, I, I thought Erasure just doesn't make sense to me in a deck like this, and... Yep. 
And it, I also don't think it would be good against Teamer Elemental or uh, well, Teamer Adventures. Yeah, probably it's it's actually probably good against Teamer Elementals, but that's different. But I, I I think it's the kind of card that's not good against Teamer Adventures, and if that's one of the other big decks in the format as well, you know, uh, doesn't seem like I would want that kind of a card. It's just so hard to fight one to one on a one to one axis against these kinds of decks. Uh, that I'd rather just play a card like Razor that gets me faster to Uro, faster to Nissa, uh, you know, faster to bigger crises and, and stuff yeah. like that. The cards that actually win games and like do big things. So yeah, when you know. have so many cards like Uro, Hydroid Crisis, Teferi Master of Time that can just generate so much card advantage. You know, I guess Teferi Master of Time is is not exactly card advantage, but uh, the other two, just cards that get you so much card advantage over time, Grazer gets a lot more appealing to me. But, you know, when you're just trying to you know, ramp up with it and just cast Nissa, if you only play a couple Crisis, you don't restock as fast. So I didn't, I didn't really think there were many builds without Thought Erasure, but looking at this deck this looks like a like a masterpiece i i must say bro this looks nice yeah i do I mean, have one question though do you ever like have difficulties like closing games out with this like it almost feels like you could use one more big finisher type card hmm. like is it, I, I don't know do, do you, you, is this a is this a bit <laughs> no it's not a bit it's a real oh. question like in, in yeah. mid-range mirrors like you don't actually have that many cards that will win you like I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does, no, like, it, it, or it does seem like it's pretty soft in Narset. I must say. Oh, it's definitely soft in Narset. I've thought about that. Um, I don't really know if there's much you can do. The problem with Narset is it's like not that good of a card. It's also mm-hmm. you're if you're on the play, you're not soft in Narset, or if you have some uh, a grazer because they can play Narset and you can play Nissa the next turn. Yeah, so, that's true. You could play it, more eliminates instead of gusts in the main if uh, that were to be a problem oh, and Narset were to no, actually I, come around, but. So, no, I'm playing three Gusts in the main, and I think that Gust is just one of the best cards. Like, I don't think there's been a better duo in Magic since Stoneforge and Batterskull <laughs> than Nyssa and Aether Gust. Like, Whoa, don't you, forget about Breeding Pool. Don't leave, don't leave oh, the pool got, out of this. But we've got tr- we've got Trium now. We don't need the Breeding Pool. we got eight uh, of them. Oh, wait, wait. So can someone are please you out of make your the- mind? <laughs> Can someone please make the meme, you know, of the the guy looking at the new girl while he's holding his girlfriend's hand where the girlfriend is breeding pool and the new girl is the triome? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> what was but, that, Brian? Well, I mean, you out of your effing mind here? <laughs> since Stoneforge and Batterskull? You mean since Hero of Precinct 1 and Elite Guard Mage? Has there been a better duo than... <laughs> and Gus, like, what the yes. hell, dude? I mean... Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, someone had <laughs> no, to say it. So. Gus does seem pretty good. I, I'm a little worried about playing against, you know, the random mono black decks or Doom Foretold. Like, there are decks where Gust is a dead card. So three of in the main deck seems like one too many that well, I would but, play. But, but, but you you got to keep in mind we're a Teferi deck. Now... Um, so just I play know, bad cards and loot them away. I like but it. But Teferi's been banned, Brad. That is true. <laughs> yes, we are onto a new Teferi. Actually, yesterday I still only have three copies in the deck, but I keep thinking um, about uh, about going to four, and I'm like, the first mistake was not playing the fourth Teferi. Um, but no, like that's the that's the key part of this deck. So so just so people have a frame of reference, if you're not in the Discord, uh, the deck is four Grazers, two Jawriels. 
uh, Aether Gust and Eliminate, three Landwar Visioners, Uros. A few, right now I have a few Extinction events, but they're not four. Same with two Casualty. And then three Teferi, four Nissa, four Crisis, 28 lands. Um, but getting back to the point, Teferi Master of Time, mm-hmm. one of the benefits of this card, and, and I think it answers both Brian's and yours question, getting back to them, is... It churns through your deck so fast that your Uros are constantly coming back into play. It's protecting yeah. you from their big turns. Like, even, like, I've had a few games where I set up my board, I gust the Winota when it comes into cast, and then I can just play it to Fairy and tick it up. And now if they just spend their turn playing Winota again, I can just you freeze just phase it. it. Yeah. And and build my board up again. Um <laughs> And so Teferi's been very good at doing that. But honestly, you churn through your deck and the the getting later in the game, like the the problem with these like mirrors or these win cons is nothing really goes over the top of just card equity that you get out of Nissa and Krasis. And so if you play like an Ugin, it might have a good effect on the board, but not against a deck that does have casualty, does can can resemble really fast, has Nissa's. Yeah. Um, and anything and, uh, with pressure and black removal, I've noticed that Ugin looks pathetic. Yeah, it just it just doesn't come out. So closing the games have not been an issue for me at all because like uh, Teferi, Nissa, Uro, and Krasis all just generate advantages with with each other. Um, well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's not about the deck being able to generate advantages. Just when you play against other decks that are also generating those kinds of advantages, uh, I feel like you could run low on resources to actually close out the game sometime, but maybe, maybe that just doesn't happen. I think it's more snowball-y. Like it's, it's pretty much like who Nissa's first and then who crisis is, then who gusts their thing. Oh God, we're back to civic mirrors. Let's go. Casualty is a war. Untap crisis for 10. Even if they kill your two permanents, like now you're just now another Nissa. The rest of the game, you're just deploying card advantage things. And And Joriel is very undervalued as a finisher. Like when you draw this many cards like that, this deck, I assume uh, does. I haven't played with it at all. But then with all the crisis and the elemental lands, with the fact that they get pumped on top of their original power just leads to Joriel closing quite quite quickly, I imagine. There's there's games where you have a Nissa land in play and a Krasis like a four four let's say, uh-huh. um, and you know you'll untap and you'll just animate another land, play the Jorel and pump and kill them out of nowhere from without such a them high even seeing it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was kind of wondering about this list. How good is Joriel and Elvish Visionary? Like those seem like the cards where they're kind of iffy. They seems like basically the only flex slots. Grazer for Thought Erasure stuff like that too. But I, I'm curious about those two cards, bro. Well, I, that's. That, that's why this list is experimental. I'm not selling it out to anyone yet. I, I just mm-hmm. I want to find a way to play Grazer and for it to be good. And the only yep. way I can think about doing that is to also play Teferi. And Llanowar Visionary also works really well with Grazer. Now the numbers could be different. And Joriel kind of just works well with a lot of these cards as well. So yep. um like I'm not sold on this package of cards. I just think Teferi is a very interesting card I want to work with, and Grazer is one of the best ways to play turn three Nissa, mm-hmm. and and so putting it all together as a package, like I have been doing very well with it because you just get out very fast. And also, a lot of these cards are like garbage in the late game, but your Teferi's, like even if your Teferi dies, you get two loots, and two loots can turn two bad cards into two cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean Teferi and Grazer go hand in hand for a hundred percent, and same with. Gust and matchups where it's bad. Uh, Teferi seems incredible. Like I, I was very impressed playing against Teferi when I was testing for the last 
players tour i I thought the card was really good Mm -hmm. and a deck like this where you have these situational cards and you have these haymakers seem I, I don't know i i think teferi seems incredible yeah, yeah i am excited to play this i want to point out one other really cool interaction that i i, I don't know if it's ever come up for you bro oh, but it, just it like it's come up and i know where you're going and it comes up and they concede immediately i don't think you know where i'm going but maybe but i i just picture you're playing mono playing against mono red it's game three you go grazer into like elvish visionary into enter the god eternal something yes. and then flip over uro and then on turn four escape uro that you did not originally have in your hand like that seems like the most disgusting thing to play against ever well, as an aggressive deck so one thing that i actually it seems like you're light on land i'm like yeah, i was kind of thinking tw- that too. 28 lands seems like yeah. you would probably want 29 uh, yeah. as well that's what i was kind of thinking it, it feels like 29 even even maybe even 30 i don't know that's the brian brown doing deck builder for a land like i i won't argue that or what about um, grazer for a land is it crazy to have three of those or i think it is i think once you're committing to grazer you should just play them i also love the fact that just the world that we live in where it's like 28 <laughs> lands ah that's just not uh, nearly yeah. enough <laughs> it's like two years ago it's like it's like Dude, that guy's 19. playing 25 lands yeah. in his deck. What the yeah. hell? Like, yeah. That's a lot of land. Yeah, now cards are just so good that you can afford to flood because, oops, I drew my one crisis off the top. Now I have nine more cards. Five of them are lands, but four of them are busted. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. Uh, on the Enter the God Eternals, I knew that that's where you're going. Because oh, really? It does, oh, oh yeah, nice. for sure. I was starting to type it, but autocorrect turn. I, I, wrote e, I wrote ETGE underneath this, and our we have a Google Doc that we're all sharing. Uh, well, we go through an episode, but it no just way. switched it to tagged. No, I knew because I knew you were going because that that is I was going to bring it up as well. That's, uh, you know, but get out of um, my head, Bradley. But don't so use this brother I have, connection I to your advantage. I have went Grazer into Uro into mill myself. Now, I didn't mill the Uro, but in Enter the Gods Eternals targeting you and the mm. creature automatically puts the five cards in. So I was able to unearth uh, <laughs> on turn five. You can also do it to fairy too, right? Like just loot away the Uro and then bring it back. Oh, I've I've done that as well. But I'm saying that I was able to escape an Uro on turn four. Like, yeah. That's with just, with killing a creature and gaining four life, as well as having an O3 body in play to soak up some damage. Like, aggro is not going to beat that. I mean, Winota, maybe because that's an anomaly of an aggro deck, just because, you know, they go over the top in such weird ways. But like red, green, mono black, you know, any of those uh, mono colored aggro decks are not going to beat that kind of draw. Here's a, here's a wild idea that yeah. I, I know that this will appeal to Brad's. <laughs> love of this card but it might not be good but like what about like one fey of wishes in this deck oh baby um, I, i'm not interested sounds like, horrible when, like when i play what Nissa, <laughs> dude, like, I, I honestly believe that anyone that plays a nissa deck like you have to go hard game one and then you can become a control deck after cyborg but like game one you are ramp deck and you can have your removal or whatever's correct in the format but I ain't messing around. If I if I have room for a card like Fave Wishes, then I probably have room for a 29th land. Or yeah. another ramp card to get me to Anissa. Um and <laughs> and so 
Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm always going to play that game plan. Like, I just don't see any reason to not play for Nissa if you're going to play Nissa. Like, I do get it when Bant was a thing because, <laughs> like, when a mid-range matchup gets very um, weird and grindy, like, with perfect information, you should have Nissa in your deck so you can punish cards like Narset. Like, I, 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 yeah. like, I never wanted to play a Bant deck um, without Nissa because I didn't want them to always know that their Narset's safe. Yeah, I, I just picture BBD slapping the top of Fail Wishes, be like, you can fit so many bad cards in this bad boy sideboard. <laughs> it's not even bad cards. Like, I'm just looking at the sideboard as it is, and there's just a lot of really powerful cards over there. And I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, like, if you, like, you're doing all these cool, powerful things, but other people also can do those same things that, yeah. you know, when slash if games become really grindy and, you know, people are playing the Narsets or the whatevers that that counteract a lot of the aspects of this deck, having access to that kind of stuff seems good. There's but really maybe not it's- enough time. It's not slow. So here's the thing. We just had bans, so people are trying new cards, but it's still eight-set standard. Like, yeah. five-set standard is a little slower. Eight-set standard, like, things are moving really fast. Like, all and the maybe, decks are fast. Maybe Ugin is just yeah. a better card at doing that same thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it just, I, I just think having a card like that, I know... The, Brad and I always disagree on this kind of stuff, but I just like having really powerful cards. Mm. And especially in a deck like this where you have Grazers, Visionaries, Uros, you know, all these ways to ramp your your lands up, all these ways to just kind of power through your deck fast. Um, just having access to something like that, uh, you know, because like almost everything else in the deck is just a four of, and you're just relying on, you know, the four Uros, the four misses and the four crisis to close the game out and i feel like most of the time they can do that but i it would i just would like to have access to that one card um that that's just always going to be a haymaker um, this is this is also coming from the same guy who plays a one of squire in a sideboard for the power <laughs> level so <laughs> no, I, I actually i had i had ugin in my initial list of this the same deck yeah. um and i kept playing with it and I kept looting it away, and I just realized that, like, the velocity that this deck can, and cards like Teferi and Joriel, Uro, Nissa, Crisis, they all create different forms of velocity. And so by the time I got to eight mana and, and like, I usually had things kind of locked up. Now, there could be games where, granted, that... Not actual granted. Oh, granted? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. what we've been trying to get the whole time. Yeah, yeah. finally. There could be games where, like, my Nissa survives and now I can limp into my Ugin. Um, but they didn't, They. I don't feel like those games will come up that often where you just, that perfect storm happens on turn five. Um, but whereas, like, this, like, the issue with, like, having the Ugins is after Cyborg, because of, like, a Teferi strategy, like, this deck has Teferi and and a lot of cheap removal after Cyborg, like, and even Enter the Gods of Turtle, um, I haven't found the reason to start the arms race yet, because I already thought yeah. that Krasis, Nissa, Aethergust is, is very good in the arms race. Um, so, so if something happens, I might go that way, but I don't think Ugin's the answer. I really don't, because it's just not good against the aggressive decks. Um, it's, it's, but, like, all these cards create velocity, like you said, but Ugin creates terminal velocity. <laughs> Got him! One thing I'm pretty actual shocked about, though, is zero negate, zero duress in the sideboard. Like, I can see duress being not great, but just a couple negates, having Nissa untap a breeding pool and have access to, you know, one or two negates, 
I think seems insane. Well, so this is this is an actual lesson that I'd like people to understand from from my perspective on on magic, especially standard mm-hmm. is I don't there's like there's there's not a good thing to negate, in my opinion. So I don't want to put negate in my sideboard for a theoretical card. Now, if you tell me that there is a turn where this is going to happen and this will come up and I'm going to want to have negate negate up. Great. But my deck has cards like Joel Riel, Lanor Visionary, Uro. Teferi, Nissa, Krasis, I want to tap out. Yeah. And and so the like I have Mystical Dispute in the sideboard to protect my spells, but I don't actually want to care about their spells. In a ramp deck, I should not be caring about countering their spells. Aether Gust is what I want to counter because the cards that I'm scared of are in my own deck. I'm scared of them going Nissa first, them going Casualties of War first. I'm I'm not afraid like I like I, what is negate like I'm not going to bring negate in against adventures, but that's the deck that could play spells that that could hurt me. I'm just no, going to try to do not. my own yeah. thing and catch some more. So I don't have a deck where I want that card yet. And so oh. if you have to present me a reason to play to rest and negate, but in a ramp deck, I usually ignore cards like that. And the the thing that I like to do with ramp decks like this for a Sultai deck, and you'll see this uh, in the Discord, especially if I have my cyborg out, I might do that this tonight too, and and give a bonus. Um, but I want to transition my deck away from the ramp into just removal when I play against removal matchups and you don't really have to sideboard that much against the rest of the field so far. Like I'll bring in my disputes and, and, and stuff like that, like where, where they're necessary. But for the most part, like I have to get a few removal spells out of my deck and I have like disputes, disdainful stroke casualties of wars to get those cards out. But like, you're not changing much in a mirror, like Joe Riel's the eliminate and the extinction events are like the only cards that I would even consider removing from my deck. So I look at this deck and I see that the, to me, the weakness for a deck like this is planeswalkers and counter spells. Cause it's like, you don't have a lot of ways to deal with planeswalkers outside of Nissa and casualties of war. And so if your opponent goes a planeswalker and then they have counter magic up for those cards, like you're going to, you, you can, you're going to maybe struggle. And so to me, like, you're you're pretty reliant on uh, being able to play a big spell and then uh, resolve it. So I, I I kind of lean towards mystical dispute being a little bit better there because I, I just think of um yeah basically what I just said like planeswalkers and counter spells are the they look to be the natural trump to a deck like this and mystical dispute is a cheap weight counter for both of those types of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Another card not. that could be a Trump that Mrs. you can get to and moving on is the the tier three Trump. Now, I don't want to say what's actual tier one, two or three in in, in standard right now, because it's kind of nonsense to say that we well, already what know. tier is what tier is Donald Trump. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that like tier four, tier five? Yeah. Um, but, but the leveling has been happening and the arms race has started with Team or Elementals. And this deck has been popping up and forrowed uh, a challenge uh, on Tuesday night. And it looks very similar to the previous versions, except replacing uh, Gross Spiral with something. And now this list has Wolf uh, Willow Haven. Um, and speaking of that card, I'm just going to tell you my, my, this is just stupid, but I want to say it. So one of my opponents was just a Simic ramp deck and they literally just aggressively ramped up to, um, an Ugin and I was able to casualties of war, a creature that was valuable. I don't remember what it was, an Ugin, a land with a wolf 
Haven and a Wolf Haven. A Wolf Willow Haven. So I was able to just take five permanents off the board on turn five and <laughs> leave them with no cards in hand and access to five mana. And I'm just like, this is disturbing. Like, Yeah, I think casual Casualties of War right now is one hell of a magic card. I, I think that one's going to be very good. Um, yeah, and yeah. even even playing just playing more copies of Casualties could fit that Ugin slot that I was talking about too because that's that's a that's a card that wins games it's, too. It's but, very yeah. good, I think, against Teamer Adventures and the Mirror. And I I have not been that impressed with it in other matchups like Winota, Red, these things. That card's not that good. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it never has been really good against hyper aggressive decks. The line where it started to be good was against the sacrifice lists because you got the oven, because you got, you know, trail of crumbs and stuff like that. But yeah, not ideal against anything aggressive. I yeah, I'm just a firm believer and I got to play more mirror matches, but I'm just a firm believer that whoever actually gets to resolve the Nissa and the Krasis and the Gust first usually wins. And that's why those are the cards that I'm relying on. Like, I, I know that that's that's like really making it sound basic, <laughs> but like that's kind well, of. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that, I, I like think about back when when uh, Oko was in the format, that was kind of the way that it was. It was whoever resolved them first. However, the Trump was casualties of war. That was the way that you would catch back up if somebody else did those things before you could. Mm hmm. So oh, I, I, I completely agree with you. I could see adding more of that if the, the mirror gets more popular for sure. Like I don't like that I have these extinction events in the main, but without them, I am just getting rolled by Mardu. Like I got destroyed by Mardu once and then I switched my deck to this and I've beaten it the last three times. Um and that's that's the card. If I don't have access to an extinction event um in game ones, um like I've often been losing. So maybe that's just like plain scared and I should just get that card out of the main, but it's been kind of impressive. Yeah, I really like that card, um, you know, just as an option, whether it be the main deck or the sideboard. I, I think that is a very strong card, a lot better than like the Ritual of Soots, uh, even though sometimes that that kind of effect can be better. The indestructible, like the 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 access to so many indestructible and lieutenants mm -hmm. um, creating night tokens, I don't think it's even close. I think you have to exile. The value of this card is that it exiles. Yeah, and um, exiling like titans and stuff like that is just insane. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really good card. I wouldn't want to mm -hmm. cut that card. Yeah, but yeah. So, so the next big deck I want to talk about is Team Elementals. Now, this deck kind of also uh, just struggled with uh, Team Reclamation really badly. But um, th this is the combo version Genesis Ultimatum, where it has Cavalier Thorns, Leaf Kindruin, Omnoth, uh, Risen Reef, Uro, but then it kind of goes a little off the, the wheels with Terror of the Peaks and Yorion in the main deck of the strategy. And the reason that you play these cards is when you Genesis Ultimatum and you hit a Terror of the Peaks or multiples of them, they usually die. Hmm. Um, and because you're just creating all of these triggers. I, I don't know how many times I've dealt 12 with an Uro. Uh, I loved this deck when M21 came out, and then, you know, everyone's like, wait, Team Iraq is just the best deck, and I'm like, okay, I hate I hate Magic, I'm going to stop playing for a while, because <laughs> I was really getting into Team Elementals, it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's what the strategy is, and the only thing that happened is the deck lost Grow Spiral, it still has Wolf uh, Willow Haven, um, so it still has that. Um, it's exploitable, of course, because it plays a lot of expensive cards, and so if you can keep a Risen Reef off the board, if you can put a Nissan to play and then counter a few of their big spells, they're probably going to fold to that. 
but it is it is a cool deck and it does go over the top of both team elementals and soul tie uh at least it's forced that you have to contain them it has the ability to go over the top of both of them so if the, the, i could see if that the format becomes very focused on those two decks that this one has a chance of just uh taking over and forcing aggressive decks back into the metagame yeah I actually yeah. find playing against these kinds of decks less fun than playing against Teamer Reclamation personally. But same, same. <laughs> I I hate I hate losing to just Giant Crisis. This is off the top uh, so much more than I hate a skill intensive Teamer uh, Reclamation mirror. But that's not to say that I'm not happy about the bands because there's just still so much more fun stuff going on than yeah. losing to Sultai. But I've same, also just same. been playing uh, Green Black Adventures, having a blast with it. Yeah, I haven't played as much as you, Brad, but just something like a 7-2 record. But the two losses were to Sultai, and I do think that matchup is uh, kind of rough, which is a little disheartening. Yeah, do you have anything to say about Teamer Elementals, though? Um, not, not a ton. I mean, it doesn't seem like anything's too different, but I mean, the Terror of the Peak interaction with Uro is something that I was screwing around with just in a, like a team or mid-range shell. And it just seems, it just seems much better to have that over the top thing with Genesis Ultimatum where you can deal an absurd amount of damage out of nowhere. So, I mean, I, I think Teamer Elementals is going to be a quite the, quite the strong deck Easily exploitable, um, and we did see how bad it, it truly ended up doing last season. But, I mean, that is against Team of Reclamation, where it just had to be a horrible matchup. Um, so, a, a little bit of a new world, and I, I would give the deck another chance instead of just saying it was bad last season before the bans. It's going to be bad again. So, I, I think it has a chance. I mean, I'd give it a chance, but I'd, I'm not holding my breath on a deck Same. like this because it, it's just a really incredibly clunky strategy yeah and i mean the the end game like the over the top aspect of this deck is is super powerful like yeah you know a genesis ultimatum kill them or whatever like I, I think decks like this go over the top even way better than than like the soul tie decks or even the teamer yeah. um adventures decks and stuff like the, this this is like the real over the top kind of stuff but it just doesn't have the synergy and um, I mean, it has synergy, but it just doesn't have the like smooth draws and smooth gameplay that some of those other decks. It, it, has, active, it has active synergy and, and, and I, it's something I want to talk about in the future and actually have an episode about, but like it's forcing you to play a bunch of bad cards that synergize with each other. And when oh, yeah. you don't draw them in the right combinations or pairs, you like, like six mana and Genesis Ultimatum just happens, right? So sometimes you have a of your your deck falters, but now like now you like are playing a Risen Reef into a Terror of the Peaks. Yes, if that Terror of Peaks lives, it's really good. But like yeah. it, you just put a one one into play that put a card in your hand. Like I'm doing some really cool shit over here and you're doing that. And so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I just can't picture like Mardu Winota, like you ever beating that deck with Teamer Elementals too, and and even some of the other hyper aggressive decks. It, it does seem like an arms race deck to try to go over the top of other decks that are trying to do big things. But like, I just can't picture Mardu Winota not just cleaning the floor with this kind of deck. It's, it's a classic. It's the classic thing of standard. Standard is it, there's always a battle in standard of power versus synergy, mm-hmm. and power pretty much always wins almost every time in standard and the 
one of the main reasons is that the powerful decks also have synergy. Mm-hmm. They're just not playing bad cards to enable that synergy. Yeah. And the synergy decks have to play bad cards to like fill fill the holes of their synergy. And yeah. that's that's what like like I mean you think about guard the mage. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. We talk about bad cards. No, that's a, that's a good point. You get synergies from Soltai with just like Nissa breeding pool and very powerful interactive two uh two mana cost spells, but elementals you just actually have to play bad cards and then they synergize to make something awesome. But yep. you know, breeding pool is not a bad card. Aethergust isn't a bad card. Nissa is not a bad card. Well, and they, example, they work together pretty well. Yeah, like a, a good example is Uro and J and Jace, where you can use Jace to discard your Uros and then bring them back. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, that that's a powerful synergy. But both of those cards are also just really good on their own merits. Even if that synergy didn't exist, they would probably still be worth putting into the deck. Exactly. And like that's not always the same for team or a deck like Team or Elementals, where you wouldn't put like you know omnath in your deck if it wasn't for the synergy or you wouldn't put like leaf kin druid in your deck if it wasn't for the synergy like that yeah. that's the kind of stuff there yeah, exactly but yeah so let's move on to to cory's deck the last thing <laughs> we're going to talk about today uh is what cory's been playing with it's a little off the the beaten path and i guess the path has mm-hmm. not been beaten that much yet but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh it is it is an oldie but a goodie i'll say that uh damn right one, one, of, one of our friends chris kovartik will be very happy with what you've been doing <laughs> yeah okay so uh what i've been playing with uh to start and i've had my one day of testing so i i think brad's opinion and brad's deck is probably um much better Dude, don't 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 preface it just just hit us with the good stuff all right, all right. So I am playing uh, Green Black Adventures, uh, but with Rotting Regisaur in the main and the Great Henge. So, I mean, you have these absurd draws where you get to go Rotting Regisaur into the Great Hen, into another Rotting Regisaur, um, or use Vivian Arcboy Ranger, Arc, Arcboy Ranger uh, to give Rotting Regisaur Trample. Just basically saying that all these decks are going to be floundering, trying new things, um, and then just Rotting Regisaur is just going to kill you. You know, people are playing main deck gusts people are playing you know soul seers and stuff there's still not very good removal for rotting regisaur quite yet like we haven't seen a lot of eliminates or heartless act kind of popping up as much as i kind of thought the deck would um and then you just have some of the same kind of stuff that teamer adventures has like a bunch of the same uh adventure package but then murderous rider has been a card for me that has just been so much better than before just the unconditional removal aspect of it has just been uh, unreal right now and uh, you know i'm like seven and two with the deck so far so doing pretty decent but i lost two matches to soltai that i i'm two or one two against soltai but the two losses i had did not feel close and the one win i did have you know it's just like a nice rankle off the top where i got to have them discard their last card that was important and maybe get a little lucky so if that deck becomes maybe what it's trying to become. It's a little bit scarier. Uh, relying on the Great Henge when they have like casualties of war and stuff like that is uh, a little less than ideal. But in any of these aggressive matchups, even the Teamer Reclamation or uh, Teamer Elementals, 
Damn it, I'm doing it now. Uh, the Teamer Adventures deck, cards like Great Henge against those kind of decks have just been absurd uh, and super fun to play with. Uh, the only thing about the list that you're gonna see in the discard, the two slots of the two Vivians in the in the sideboard, I just haven't found anything uh, better than that right now for the mid-range-ish matchup. So that's one card that I've been experimenting with and I haven't liked it. Uh, but otherwise the deck has felt uh, really good. Five mana Vivian for those who are five yeah. mana Vivian, yeah, monsters advocate. So I got. How do you think it felt for your opponent when you jammed a rankle and made them discard their last card? And probably pretty bad. Yeah, I bet it rankled. Um, okay, <laughs> so yeah, no. very good. Uh, I mean, I think Rotting Register plus Vivian is just a really strong. Con- I just think Vivian is so good. Like mm-hmm. the four four mana Vivian Arcbow Ranger. Agreed. Like, yeah, I, I think, think I added is... a third to that uh, to the deck as well. But I've been experimenting with playing Questing Beast and Rankle, and you can't overload on the fours. But I think those numbers could change as well. Yeah, I just think that card is really propped up like green, you know, beat down ish decks in the last couple years. So. Yeah, agreed. Well, I, I'm looking back at the list. I mean, like I think the thing is the Rankles, uh, because like so you're playing very similar. Like, I almost think that, like, just throwing back Chris Kavardik's list from December might be better than the list you're presenting. Sure. The, the main sure. deck. Well, no, the main deck. So, like, so that list is, like, adding two oozes instead of two Paradise Druids. It's, it's only two cards. And it has four. And, uh, the only difference is it had three Great Henge and four Vivians. And, like... If I'm playing this deck, if you want me to put Rotting Registore my de- in a green black deck like this, it's coming with four Vivians. Like, I, I, I just I don't see any other way around because that combo it's just killer. If I don't have an answer to the seven six, I definitely don't want it to be a nine eight with Trample. Yeah, I think I think I would have four Questing Beast, four Vivian, four Rotting Registrar, and that could be that that totally could be. Um, and I've been playing around with it, and Rankle has been. Less than ideal. I think the thing that made Rankle the worst is it's the only card where Brazen Borrower gets to interact on the non-adventure side, and that sucks, you know, because otherwise, you know, uh, that card is just completely dead outside of the bounce side being pretty decent. But So yeah. I, I wonder also, how good is Murderous Rider in this deck? Really good, really okay. good. Yeah, I, I've been I've been loving just the unconditional removal side, uh, mostly for the fact of Winota. You know, that's been great. Is just turning into kind of a green black control deck with uh, Murderous Rider, Noxious Grass, Heartless Axe. Like I, I was just never losing uh, to that matchup post board. You just kind of do what Riku Kumagai did uh, against that matchup. It was just turned into a mono black control deck where you always leave a removal spell open for their Winota turn, and it's really tough for them to win. Yeah, I mean, the, the well, the problem the problem there is that like they can win as you always have to kill the other indestructible things. That's that's my biggest problem. That's why I have three Aether Gusts in my in my main deck, and I'm valuing Aether Gusts because. It's just a it's just such a good card in so many situations. And one of them being that if they have a general or a selfish saver in play, you you actually can hold up removal and it'll actually not have an impact on the game. It might hit one of the non-humans so that they they don't get another trigger, but they're still gonna get triggers if they have a big board. So um that's just I mean, I don't really I don't think you can solve that with a green black deck. 
Uh, but that's just something that I have seen. I mean, hell, I I just I just think we should just throw the Vivians in and just go to town, hope to just win, trample over them, kill them, get these oozes out, put those Paradise Druids back in. The main reason for ooze and the problem that Kavartek didn't have to face back then Uro. is Uro, you know? So, I mean, the two oozes are for sure with Uro in mind, and then against aggro, it's still serviceable and can run away from ga- run away with games. Um, but it's only for Uro here. I've had to answer Uro on a one-for-one basis, like, you know, multiple turns in a row, and anybody who fights that fight knows how miserable it is. Uh, so it's only for Uro, and they they have been very good. But of course, that Paradise Druid Rankle are the worst cards in the deck, and could be something else. And Vivian, you know, is stellar every time I draw it. It skews your mana base quite a bit, and I I also want to play Castle Lockthwain, so uh, you get a little bit of. Um, some pull back and forth for that, but yeah, I could I could totally see more Vivians. And, so what, uh, what you're just telling me is I could I should just continue to play Uro. I mean, yeah, the card's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the card is absolutely messed up. No, I definitely think that this is fun, and it could definitely be good. Like adventure creatures are coming back. That format of that tournament, like some of the problematic decks are gone that would like actually punish this the strategy so mm-hmm. and there isn't really a control deck so i mean if we just find some like i actually like this i think that that i would just personally the way i'd start things off is i just go as hard as i possibly can um on like cards like vivian and roddy and and we can just switch those and that'll be fine but yeah like i'm i'm gonna give this deck a shot um with a little bit more less coming to play tappy mana base. Yeah, that's that's another thing too, is I am so bad at mana bases, so do not trust that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that that is an area that this mana base, even the land count and stuff, I truly don't know. So. Yeah, but no one does. Like, I'm playing one yeah. Temple of Mystery in my deck. I'm like, whatever. You idiot! Yeah. You like, idiot. Only 28 <laughs> lands in one temple? Jesus Do you Christ, even play the game? Do like, you what? even try for this podcast? Uh, temple of Mystery? Unreal. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. I want to plug one thing. I, I've actually been working on a, a cube that I've been building. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and, and, yeah. It's, 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 it's only cards from the last five years of Magic. <laughs> and the only stipulation is that every card in my cube costs one green blue. <laughs> so I, I got Rogue Refiner, got Uro, got Oko, we got Hydrocrasis. You know, you could play it for that. So wow, that cube sounds horrible. That sounds, sounds like a nightmare Risen, cube. Risen yeah. Reef, <laughs> Risen Reef's in there. Oh hell yeah! There's that, there's that adapt creature. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's in there. I don't uh, know what you're talking about, but of course it's in there. Yeah, <laughs> all oh, adapt man. cards are one green blue. Yeah, what? No, uh, the adapt creature. There's an adapt flyer that adapts and puts a plus one plus one counter on it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that one's in there for sure. Draft, yeah. yeah, for it's for sure in there. Uh, that's, that's a pack one, pick one right there. <laughs> I do have something to plug. It is an announcement for an announcement. Next week we have a very big announcement. We have been doing some awesome things, working really hard on some cool new stuff, and everything. Should be set up and in motion by next week. So the BBP is leveling up in a few ways, and I hope you're excited for it. Um, and we will be uh, going over all of those details on next week's episode. 
It's gonna be exciting. And if you're not excited about it, you know to head to Shaheen Sarani on Twitter yeah. and uh, let him know, you know, and then that'll he'll forward all that stuff back to us and we'll try to implement all those policies that you decide. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, if you're not excited about it, then in the kindest possible way, you know, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. In the kindest possible way, go tell Shaheen to F you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. And then uh, two more things before the episode is done. We got to get through upcoming events this weekend. MTG. Oh, Mail yeah. Club. We've got the Red Bull International Qualifier 4 starting at Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern. So what that means is the Red Bull tournaments are becoming a little bit more uh, North and South America friendly. <laughs> Still not close for me, but we are getting there, you know? Bump that up three. Ah, hell no. That's too early. But bump that up three more hours. Yeah, bump that up three more hours, and I might be playing one of these Red Bull and Taft events. Well, if you actually get up a little earlier than Corey, you can play in uh, Red Bull, and it won't start at 4 a.m. for the East Coast. Uh, even 4 a.m. is like doable from the West Coast if you really if you if you want to do it. But that that same day we've got the 2020 season two championship qualifier for uh, SCG the SCG tour that starts at Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You have to qualify for that. There are qualifiers running this week, so if you want to go check out an MTG Melee and uh, find any of the uh, challenges uh, throughout, I'll the, be playing throughout the day. Yep, you will be in it. And then last but not least is a great community that has been running a lot of great historic tournaments. The MTG MTG Arena Zone Historic Open number 13, in fact, is Saturday at 1 p.m. So uh, this is a free-to-play tournament uh, that starts at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's historic. Should be a fun time. Great community. Uh, But yeah, besides that, I've got the casting crew ready to go if y'all want. We've got a new casting crew member and a new job position and anyone that has been around probably knows who that new job position is going to and someone that changes their job every two weeks but yeah, we, we act casting crew it, do that yeah it's the unpaid interns now they pay us interns so yeah, sorry spoiler alerts but yeah uh it's still unpaid but you know no no now they hemorrhage semantics. money so they have to pay to us yeah yeah all right we'll kick kick off our casting crew our, our new recruit bro all right, so yes, we got a new person. So thank you so much to Son of Sarkin. Son of Sarkin is the resident mono red advisor. So we'll be giving us literally zero advice since none of us ever play mono red ever. So oh, thank I mean, you, Son of Sarkin. Giving us, they'll be giving us advice. We just will never follow any of it. Oh but yeah, it's really absolutely. just the same as everyone else in our cast and crew. They'll yeah. tell us things. We won't do any of it. Bullshit, because Lore Roar, the official flavor judge, is awesome, and I take their advice all the time on mm. all the flavorable stuff, including the fact that Sarkin didn't actually have a son. Mm. Oh, you don't know that. I guess yeah, I there's don't a alternate, alternate timeline stuff going on there. He might, be his own, he might be his own son. Uh, talking about <laughs> things that we also... Don't listen to did you pull is that out of your ass, Brian. Oh, no, I did. Thanks to the help from Doctor Unks, BBD's proctologist, I <laughs> uh, was able to come up with that one. Um, something I won't be coming up with is a meeting anytime soon with Doctor Unks. So makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. All right. Next up, we got Phil, and Phil is the Bald Bros Podcast liaison. You yeah. know, d- d- you know, Phil doesn't really do anything for me. I, I don't know uh, yeah. about you two, but like, there's not much that that like Phil doesn't interact with me. I don't know. Yeah, why. I mean, 
our dad, Brad, has blessed us with the genes to have hair, I think, until till the moment we die. So I think this one is not really applicable to us. No. And no. Baldus runs on both sides of my family, so <laughs> you guys can kiss my ass. Hey, Baldus beautiful, baby. On you, at least. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Next up on our cast and crew is Sam Perdomi, who is the BBP personal fitness trainer. Now, I did tell Sam this weekend that I was going to exercise on Monday and mm. forgot. Um, but luckily wasn't around to see it. So, uh, I, I totally did my workout this week, Sam. Don't you worry. We're going to have to get a pronunciation guide on this name. Cause I think it's Prudhomme. Can we just call call him Sam? No, 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 no. of course not. Half the cast and crew is me butchering names. Everyone knows that. All right. And I also we need a pronunciation guide on this one. Uh, we, we've tried a lot of different things. I'm going to go outside the box here. Giyer. Giyer? <laughs> Giyer. Gelde. is what you're calling it. Gelde. I'm just trying. insulting. I know it is. Wow. I know it wow. is. And I feel bad about it, but I want to try every possible iteration. We've never gotten a confirmation one way or another. I want to yeah. try every possible iteration just so at some point in time we were right. Brad, that, or I mean, Brian, that pronunciation is just as bad as Jer's job. Which is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Yes, exactly. One of the worst shows to ever grace television. Oh, God. Thank God we have someone else agreeing with me. You know what? Just kidding. You you know know what, guys? I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. (laughs) I knew it was coming. I knew that was coming. It hadn't come yet at all over the course of the entire podcast. Yeah, but I somebody, knew. Yeah. somebody who doesn't have it coming, and by it, I mean a paycheck coming, would be yeah. Keith Trojanowski. And that is our unpaid intern with not a single dollar coming in, in anywhere in the near future. It's not even going to be once. It's not even going to be future. It'll just be none. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up is uh, Michaela uh, Hamanda, Hamada. I, I, I literally just brain went away while I was doing that. Uh, Michele, thank you so much. It is uh, it is an honor to have you as my personal barista. I'm so glad somebody uh, truly appreciates me on this on this podcast and uh, will uh, you know give me coffee. But stop letting Brian drink it. Uh, very often you'll make a pot and then Brian will drink it. Yeah, it dick. sounds like you. You know, you were, your brain went away there. It sounds like you needed a little bit of a pick-me-up to stay focused. I do, I do. Only, if only there was something that could do that. <laughs> speaking speaking of a pick-me-up, we have EJ Wren, Corey's player. Player. Uh, he'll, he'll pick Corey up and set him right back down. Cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah we keep, love EJ Wren. We love EJ Wren around here. All right, next up, we got Alex Arnaldi, and Alex is our data analyst. Whenever there is a lot of decks that have come out, there's a lot of analyzing that we have to do to all these lists. Alex is uh, on the forefront of, uh, actually, it's kind of on the back front uh, lately of getting all that data analyzed. It's so great. We just said, Alex, all the O2 drop list saying that it's going to be important for us, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's so much analyst to do, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, we should have sent on the O3 drop list because that's where the hot tech's at. All right. Well, next on our list is Paul K. Ka- I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. Arowski. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> photographer. Uh, you know what? I have, a wow. fresh, I have a fresh can of Diet Pepsi ready to go and didn't even, wasn't even able to pull it off. Save right. it for next week, Brian. Save yeah. it for next week. Or, you know, well, we got, we got Spoon Ton... 
<laughs> Just BBD's body hair stylist. Uh, you are looking on point lately, by the way. And by on yeah. point, I mean the same as forever. Yeah, still the same as always, which to me, yeah. that's, you know, that's a plus. So well, thanks. For I mean, that's the best thing is when you get work done and it makes it look like you don't have work done. That's right. Yeah. That's hey, right. You're just maintaining perfection at this point. So next up, somebody who has not been maintaining perfection or even getting it once uh, correct would be David Watt. And that is our special guest screener. Honestly, at this point, I think David is just spiting me and Brad uh, with his recent work. I disagree. I think you've had some incredible guests on the podcast recently. One mm. comes to mind. Mm. Ryan, Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. That's okay, right. You're right. Yeah. I take that back. Having Daredevil himself on the cast was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah not Daredevil. Yeah, it's Green Lantern and uh, Deadpool. But you know, oh, who's Deadpool counting? Ryan Reynolds is, and everyone else in the world. Yes. But. All right. Next up, we got Victor Beauchamp, who is the executive producer. Now we still don't know what an executive producer does, but that's usually what execs do: is they get their name on things without much contribution. So bravo, Victor, for being one of the smartest in the group. And they also get all the money. That they other also people get all the money. Get. Yeah. But that's, in, in uh, our universe, it's different. So, Victor, you will start having to pay us more money. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's, that's some social commentary that probably shouldn't be on the Bash Bros podcast. But fortunately, we have Sultan Abbasi, our heavy editor, who is willing to clean up some of that mess. Uh, it's the mess that our regular editor already has to deal with, but we go above and beyond for the call. So. Some days our regular editor uh, gets a little sick of us, and, and that's when we need the heavy duty to, to come in. And thanks for Salton for doing that. Speaking of heavy, some. speaking of heavy duty messes, Pierre Vendelbo is our BB is BBD's emotional support animal, and there is a lot of cleaning up after what Pierre does to the lawn of <laughs> BBD's uh, front lawn. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. But support animal poops on the lawn. Yeah, whatever. It was it was a stretch. I mean, I take a swing. If Brian has if Brian's support animal is doing their job, they're collecting resources to open a gate. They're helping with that. They're murdering insects. They're murdering insects. That's right. I don't understand World of Warcraft, but mm -hmm. I do know that it has something to do with a door and bugs. <laughs> that, that is really all it is. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, for for your for your lack of knowledge, you are on point. So <laughs> so next up on our list is Tom Ghoul, who is our manager now. Uh, didn't do much managing this episode, but hopefully soon uh, we will tie things back up. But uh, good good enough for today, Time Ghoul. That's off all right, to we've, you. Got, we've got Eric Knoll, who's once again transitioned roles. Was the <laughs> overseas sentient trash goal of, of Bangkok. Now, actually running for our public office, uh, try, try, trying to trying to move up in the world. So Eric Nall is now the overseas trash bros representative, uh, which will also come with a trash bros podcast. Love it. Love it. But. All right. This 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 next game always gets me uh, stumped here. OK, so it's <laughs> Sim Sim uh, Simbi Simbi. Yeah, okay, yep, that's it. Symbiol has a promotion uh, and is executive waste processing operator. Uh, Symbiol's job is just as hard as the pronunciation of the name. 
Actually, I think Symbiols now our uh, campaign manager <laughs> for the uh, the overseas trash bro run <laughs> yeah, for office. That is true, yeah. of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the waste management op like is still there, right? I'm pretty sure it's still there. All right, but all right. So next up is IPA for breakfast. Who is our master bartender? Gets us all the drinks. Um, I need a few stiff ones actually lately. Um, politics are getting to me again. I, uh, the, I, the, the inability to ignore has, has once again, uh, showed up. So now, I, now, I, now I'm dealing with that. So, uh, IPA for breakfast me, hit me. Me too, man. Me too. And also, and then last, last but not least, we have Samuel, Samuel Stroman, who is our public relations expert. Samuel will have to do some work. Uh, to clean up the public relations issues that we're going to have when I say that Corey actually isn't here anymore. He left to go take a massive shit in the middle of our podcast. Yeah, what and he's not even Corey? here to def- he's not even here to defend so himself. Unprofessional. The Incredibly just, unprofessional. Captain so, Crew, hear this out. He got to the last person that he had to uh, had to promote from our cast and crew and just peaced out on us. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable, unprofessional, and the fallout will be on Samuel. So. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? We'll do it for the first time ever. What do you want to talk about real real quick, Brian? I mean, most people are probably gone already, but uh, but 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 what's up? What do you, what, what you got? I don't know. Let's, uh, let's talk about brothers. Let's talk about how you what? can't trust them, <laughs> how they're never there for you when you need them most. 17 hours into a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they bail on you. Like, All right. Yeah. That is true. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. And again, for those that are still here, we have some awesome announcements next week. We're doing some cool shit. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye.